doing my mouth closed. I've got the manners. Except for when I have a cold. Yeah, then you're like, when I have a cold. I am, <laughs> I am open mouth until <laughs> the cows come home. If I eat in front of people, I usually like do this. Especially if it's something handheld. I'll do this, like with a fist. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is that this is what I feel like a lot of people do when they're burping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I don't do. Yeah. So this You don't like, burp? Never. You've never burped. No, I can. But, you know, there are some particular times where, like, if I drink a bunch of water, uh-huh. I might burp. I think that is so gross, though, burping. I just won't do it. It's just natural. It feels it's not, good. It's not natural, and it doesn't feel good. It is natural. You know what burping is? What? Burping is... <laughs> Escape of air that is trapped. No, to me, it's like the act of throwing up without actually vomiting. Yeah, to an extent, but, you know. Because it's, it's, like, it's like dry humping, right? <laughs> I wouldn't. The okay, I'm thing, just gonna go with it. The only go with thing it. keeping it from being real actual sex is the clothes. The only thing keeping a burp from not actually being vomit is the vomit. Ah, uh, yeah. Say I'm wrong. Yeah, that's why it's gross. And th- and somehow it's more acceptable to burp in public than it is to vomit in public. So Although what burping you're in fighting public for is, is super frowned upon. So what this is all going in, by the way. Okay. This is, okay. We've start we've started the episode. We've started the episode. All of this is going in. So you better be okay with that. I yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Okay. Welcome everyone. We'll get to that in a little bit, but we're just gonna keep chatting for a second here. <laughs> just ignore us for a moment. So you're fighting for the equality of burping and puking then? No. I'm fighting for the inequal like no, okay. Equality of both of them, but they should both be put to shame. Put to shame. Yeah. There should so, be a movement. So babies that have no control over their burping and vomiting should be shamed. Put into a camp. They need to be put in a camp. Uh huh. So an internment camp for children, for little toddlers. Not just for children. We don't have to exclude everyone else. Okay. Anyone who burps in public, the police shall detain them and put them into a camp to work on their etiquette. Oh, okay. Bur- gotcha, you, gotcha. But it's. I think it's the. I think. Okay, okay. Back to my dry humping. Yeah, uh, yeah. Perfectly acceptable to dry hump. In the comfort of your own bedroom. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you might have been going for public. It's completely acceptable no, to no, do no, that no. in public. Completely unacceptable to dry hump in public. Yes. Even at like a concert. Keep that shit at home. Same thing with your burps. Keep that in your room. What a, What about a rave when you're like tripping your balls on ecstasy? You know? Is it okay to burp there? No. <laughs> No, 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 dry hump, you know? Dry humping at a rave Gr- when you're tripping and grinding. I think when you're tripping in balls, the law doesn't shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist, so no. it's like cases of, uh, you know, temporary insanity, you know? You go out and murder somebody, and then you get uh, found. Uh, now we're just splitting hairs. Uh, I think <laughs> I think murder is a little worse than dry humping in public. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. I think you could argue that that. I mean, do you do you disagree? I don't. Do you I think, don't know. Do you think, just, mur- do you think murder, dry hump, and burping are on the same level? In the eyes of God, all sins are equal. I suppose that's fair. 
<laughs> but I'm almost positive that if you were a serial dry humper, consensual. Okay, consensual. Glad you put that in there. Glad you right. put that in there. Three people go to heaven. A murderer, a guy who dry humps consensually, uh-huh. and a guy who burps. All of them serial. Okay. Serial gotcha. murder, serial humpist, serial burpist. Okay, got it. I think God's going to be like, yeah, since all that, but you, sir, and I think you know who I'm talking about, Uh you you really just kind of messed things up for yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I totally Like, I get that all sins equal, but what you did is way worse. And I'm talking, of course, about the guy who burped in public. (laughs) At least the serial murderer had the decency to do that behind closed doors. Yeah. (laughs) Until he got caught. Until he got caught, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, moral of the story, burping, murdering, and humping, all fine until you get caught doing it. Yes. And maybe just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. That's Do it in the best, bedroom. Best action. Stay out of the jail cell. Exactly. Why don't we get the show on the road? I oh. know. God dang, man. We took that on <laughs> that, a long that, road. That I think there's points where either mm-hmm. listeners are like, really? Is like, is did they just turn it on and we're like, what the fuck? Like, in the middle of some weird conversation or like. Some of the listeners are coming through and they're like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. And they get to some points. It's like, oh, this is not funny. Anymore. It's time to end that. It's time to but end that it, lasted but... for too long. See, that just rarely happens. Yeah. You, you and I are pretty straight to business. We sit down and we're yep. like, all right, let's let's do it. This is this is the first time that we've really done something like this where it's just like I'd been recording for 11 minutes and we just started <laughs> talking. Yeah. And I we have to keep it in. Oh yeah, yeah. That, just to see, just, just to, to see, see how it pans what out. that's like. Yeah, yep. yeah. It might we, you know, we might just make that a thing. I don't yeah, know, the prologue. The if prologue. Ah, <laughs> oh, like we need a prologue. We uh, should, the whole episode. The a whole episode is a prologue. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we are the Know Nothing Nerds. Welcome back. Uh, I am Twitch Collins, uh, the bearded one. Yeah. Uh, with my co-host uh, Luke, the uh, hooded one. He's got a hoodie. I'm Patriots putting it up right hoodie. now. He's pro Patriots, uh, Broncos fans out there. Everybody that is any other fan and except for the Patriots. I'm very anti Denver sports. Really? Oh, yeah. Just all the way around, huh? I think Denver sports, you guys are just cocky. And your fans, <laughs> your fans all piss me off. Well, every time the Broncos score a touchdown, get a free donut at King Super. It's like, fuck you and your free donut. Hey, they get free coffee at some gas joints, too. Yeah. Now, that being said, every time the Patriots score a touchdown, it's like free donut at Dunkin' Donuts. So, yeah. We're not better. But we are better winners. You could argue Here's that. What I'm you saying. could argue that. And let me tell you a story. My brother, we, we grew up in Massachusetts, for those of you who don't know. My brother, Westford Academy is like the college of high school. Its standards are higher. Every, like We smoked everyone. Our sports teams were the greatest sports teams in the world. They still are. Our uh, grade point averages were like nine times higher than anyone else in the country. Uh, Westford Academy is just a renowned school, and it's yeah. not—it's not even a private school; it's a public school, and it's got some of the best records ever in the world, sports included. So we had one of the best swim teams in uh, in at least Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, and we we started doing this thing, and my brother's swim team started it his year, 
where they would go out with a boombox. This was back with boomboxes. Yeah, when that which, was a thing. Which really dates my brother. Um, but the, the team would walk out with a boombox playing We Will Rock You. Uh-huh. And the first time they did it, the co- we, they won the meet, and the coach during the debrief was like, you guys can play We Will Rock You on the boombox. That's fine, but you have to win. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't go out with a boombox playing We Will Rock You and then come in second place. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. like the worst thing. Yeah. So if you're going to be cocky, you got to own it. Yes. You know what I mean? And you Denver fans, you're walking around with your Broncos title, Super Bowl. We want all this shit. It's like you guys, you're like B minus teams oh. at best. Oh, I don't know. I, I think best. you're taking it a little too I've far. I've never been able to open up about this, but I know you're not like a diehard sports fan, so I can't. Oh, how do you know I'm not diehard? Are you a diehard sports Broncos, fan? I got Broncos underwear. You know, John Elway's uh, face is on my ass right now. I don't believe that. And, and uh, even if he was, that's disrespecting him. It is true. <laughs> I'm teabagging uh, what's his bucket Manning currently. <laughs> why don't Why don't we open up to some topics here? <laughs> this isn't topic enough for uh, nerds teabagging football players. I uh, suppose maybe if you're maybe. like super nerd. But yeah. anyway, um, this is a rant episode. If, if you haven't, yeah, if, if you if. haven't gathered that, I don't. I think if you guys haven't settled into this style. This like banter, uh huh. Really, you need to get used to that right now because I just got off a really long day of work. Uh huh. I'm sure you did too. I haven't even seen actually. It. No, this is my one day I took off. Oh, this you, week. you yeah. did take off. Nice. Yeah, so you've yeah. had a nice relaxing day. So I hope we can kind of meet somewhere in the middle. But I am like very scatterbrained right now. Uh huh. So if you guys thought I've been distracted in episodes past, just kind of buckle up because yeah. this this will be an interesting episode. But we uh, just to get a few things out of the way. Um. We do our Game of Thrones episodes every Monday right now. We've got two more weeks of that before we return yeah. to more topic-based Thursdays. Um, but right now, uh, we're kind of tossing the idea around of doing more TV reviews throughout. Yes. We're going to take some time off after Game of Thrones to sort of figure things out yep. and get some topic. Because we've got like topics just piling up yes. now, things that we want to talk about. So we want to get a few of those out of the way. Um, but on the rant episodes, you guys already know, we just kind of pick a few topics that have been interesting to us. Uh, the first d- one on the docket, I think, should be it. The new trailer. Yes. Yep. Uh, just dropped. Just dropped today. Uh, what do you What do you think about it? I am skeptical. Um, I, I still haven't gone back and rewatched uh, the first it. You haven't? Uh, I've seen no. it a handful of times now. Um, there's some things that stick out in it that I really liked. I like the kind of like the tone that they're setting. The kid actors were just amazing in it and stuff. Um, so you get for casting half a stranger thing. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> uh, but this new trailer, I don't know what to think about it because it feels like the trailer was trying to be a little too like superhero defeating evil likeness to it. Like not. Did much you really on the get a defeating evil feel? I got trying a whole, to defeat. Evil. I was in suspense that whole like grandma scene. Well, yeah, that's because it was just a straight up whole scene out of the movie. So like, yeah, but that was half the trailer. That's kind of a cheat. That's a cheat. But you're arguing that it wasn't spooky when half the trailer was spooky. But that's cheating. I didn't see it too much as spooky as you in didn't trying think to the grandma you, uh, funky dance move off the screen. Um, she like that then, was creepy. And then yes. she got uh, naked, and that's when things got yeah. 
spicy. It felt very typical horror film to me. So That's like fair. it wasn't well, and I mean we talked about it after it chapter one came out that like there's no way that the second part will be as good as this first part. No, you're losing the child actors. Yeah, you know you've got a sequel to something that didn't really have a whole lot of steam to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so it's like if the first one was a seventy percent, how good can the second one really be? You know, you're never, yeah, you, you won't you true. won't trump that seventy percent. So you're already at least getting a C movie. So it's yeah. like kind of bring your expectations down to that level. I do agree. The first time we've only watched it twice now, but the first time that we watched through, I didn't get it. But the second time going through, I was like, oh, I can. There's some Avengers esque movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way it's, it's like cut, the, the way horns, the music, yeah. elevating, and the, the music was way super, too big. Yeah. Way too big for that trailer. That being said, like the feel, I didn't really get like a defeating evil feel to it. Well, that I, I might be reading. We too don't much know what their plan is. That is. Well, that's what the book in the movie, like the sure. original movie. I haven't read the book yet, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, how does it end? They defeat Pennywise. That's what uh, I figured. In kind of like how they. I haven't read the book. I've only done synopsises of the book and I don't really remember I know at the end of the made for TV movie (laughs) Pennywise it turns into a fucking crab monster creature and uh, they beat him by shooting silver into him nice that (laughs) I'm dead serious that's kind of like I know the book gets weird with like turtles and cosmic space space god turtle yeah gives Bill the power to fuck off i don't know I, I really don't know didn't really get that feeling from this trailer no, it seems to be no. a little more grounded which i'm happy for yeah because i don't know how you have a very grounded first movie and then be like hey now it's sci-fi yep. for the second one yeah that's kind of bizarre for me so it looks like they're kind of sticking to some spooky roots though you've got like yeah Pen- pennywise is definitely portrayed in interesting ways you see him like sideways on the building once mm-hmm. you see him like flying through the air with the balloons in another scene and then you've got that classic, the white gloves, and then he comes back and says hello or something. And he's some ripping stupid. his face off in one of the And he's shots. ripping his face off in one of them. Yep. Yeah, it's just typical Pennywise stuff, what typical. you'd expect. Um, I just, I'm excited for the CG, because their budget's going to be jacked way the hell up. The first one, CG was really good. Yeah. Like Pennywise. There were some genuinely weird, creepy moments, like when Will turns into Pennywise at the end. Oh yeah, and yeah, his, yeah, like, yeah. His feet like pop out, yep. and then he just like floats up. That was awesome. So I'm excited to see like what they do with yeah. weird stuff like there's that. There's gonna be some one. cool visuals for sure. Yeah. Usually with their when there's a horror film and they put a little bit more money in the VFX and stuff, you can usually get some pretty cool stuff. Out Especially of it. when you have a movie that made as much as Part One did. Yeah. And you can throw money at a Stephen King movie. Yeah. Anyone just says you know like Pet Cemetery. I didn't see it yet. But I I bet that had a pretty high budget just because they're uh, like... We could find out real quick. Yeah, find out real quick, and I'll just keep ranting. But um, I feel like when you say the names we want to do Stephen King movie, they just kind of throw money at it because it's already got that following. And there's as long as you don't pick one of his lesser-known books, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it is probably, you know, one of his most known or is his most known. Everyone's heard of Pet Cemetery as well. So I think if you just follow that curriculum i suppose lack for a better word you can pretty much just get all sorts of money thrown at it so let's see pet cemetery uh 21 million dollars was the budget that's pretty inexpensive actually that's most horror you're not gonna see many how much was it over 50 million i feel like Um, it was way over it might have been 50 million ah it's gotta be more than that Um, give me more give me more 
think about it, it was set in the in 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 the eighties in the in the seventies. How much was it? Set in the eighties. Set in the eighties, so they got to do a whole new set, bunch of CG. It's a big blockbuster. What film. are you guessing? For it. Well, now I saw what your you face guessing? after you saw it, so I'm guessing it's under fifty now. So I'm gonna say forty-seven. Thirty-five million. Thirty-five. Yeah. You're joking. I'm dead serious, and the reason why is because of uh, it being a horror film. There's a smaller market that oh, is yeah. going to be. You're losing half your it. audience by making it rated R. Yep. You're, you're losing another third of your audience by making it a horror movie. Yes. You get such a tiny audience yeah. to work with. But I, they I usually do make a pretty substantial amount. Um, right. Wasn't current, it like 230 or something like that? No, they made uh, 307 or 327 domestic, 372 uh, foreign. So. That's so a three hundred million return, seven hundred million. Well, kind of in the states. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually, when you're looking at movie budgets, it's good to uh, be sometimes generous. add on, depending on how much the movie costs to make, you might end up like doubling what uh, okay. the budget is for sure. advertisements. But still, two two twenty yeah. in the states. That's that's a good yeah, turnaround. Yeah. yeah, and they can put a lot of that into part two. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know now how much Part Two costs, or will that, that not come out? That may not come up because it hasn't been released yet. Sure. Um, yeah, they still don't have a production budget on. But box I mean, as, as far as films are concerned, as far as the film season is concerned, that's coming out relatively soon. Yeah. End of summer, you've got like five months until that movie comes out. Four months until that movie comes out. I don't. It was like September sixth or something when the. Uh, something September. I believe. Yeah, early September. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out soon. I can't wait to see that again. That was the first horror movie that I saw in theater with you and Nick, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yep. And and Jake came. I yeah, dragged yeah, Jake. Yeah. I dragged Jake along. Poor guy. I remember the uh, the part where he's like, where uh, Will is like, we'll float too. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll float too. Uh, there's like this scene where Jake and I locked eyes, like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" <laughs> like, we, we just looked at each other. This is not the place for us. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see that in theater with you as well. Yeah, I'll bring an extra large hoodie to like bury myself. To cover in yourself. It. I do not do well with horror. I'm st- I I'm I still jumpy. need to take you to see a proper horror film, like proper. Like I, I, I almost want to shit my pants. Like Insidious or some shit like that. Uh. Or like no. The Nun. No. Um. I'd either take you to see something that is more like uh, in the vein of oh shit, I'm totally drawing a blank. Uh, the witch. The I, I haven't heard of that. Uh, the witch is like it's a, I guess you could say slow building because um, it just ramps up tension, yeah. and tension, and tension, and tension, and then the release is just like more like freak you the fuck out, disturb you. More than jump scare you. I prefer freak the fuck out to jump scare because I'm too, I'm ju- yeah. I'm jumpy. That's what makes me bad in horror movies. Yeah, I can deal with like I I enjoy psychological mm-hmm. where it's like what the hell, but the jump scares are are what makes it less enjoyable. Yeah, the, and then if that's the case, I wouldn't take you to like Evil Dead or something like that. I've never even heard of oh, that. Evil Dead is Bruce Campbell. Is it Sam older? Raimi. Oh yeah, that's older. another kind of disqualifier for me. Um, you're not into the older film thing. As far as horror is concerned, and some other things, like I think high fantasy should be done new. Is it because it's the uh, the it's quality. production quality? It's and just stuff? quality. Like if if those same stories were portrayed today, 
like exact same movie, but just shot yeah on like you know red weapons and uh, edited with current well, you CG. You might be you might be okay with. I I really hate that I'm saying this. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I could potentially show you the remake of the Evil Dead, which is supposed to be just pretty. It's supposed to be damn good. Pretty spot on. Pretty spot. When on. was it remade? Two thousand. 10 somewhere okay, around there i'd see it 2010 yeah. is right around where things started to get pretty good yeah but yeah you gotta see the f- original man like, why because it was classic. so goddamn it's good so about funny at times what's good about classic i'm gonna go fucking high fidelity on your ass it's funny there's great gore and the soundtrack kicks ass i bet the soundtrack and, you, and the remake kicks ass uh, and it's gory in the remake i'm sure it is i'm sure it is here's the thing I get nostalgia is great, and seeing the originals is great, right? But it's like, why am I the bad guy for enjoying my new iPhone and my nice big TV and a car that works and television that looks good on my big TV? Why is that a crime? It's it's not a crime, but like, you got to understand... Sometimes the originals will tell the story a lot better, sure. even though they don't have the production. That's why value. I read. Because those are, that, those so are the originals. You, what, it, I either want to read the book or see it when it came out oh, two months ago. But like with see, uh, Evil Dead, like that wasn't a book beforehand. Sure. So I want to see the new one. Yeah. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to win in this conversation. No, you're not. <laughs> There's, I like to try and remain open for some things. Yeah. But if I've got my mindset on it, it's like f- fuck your opinion. <laughs> I know what's right. I know what's right, and you just think you just think you have a say in it. That's all. It's a good. It's a good practice. But you'll see other classics, though. I would see other. Cl- I'd see a classic that like wasn't trying to be big in scale. Okay. Coen Brothers films. Yeah. Amazing. And it's because they, they, it's because he stuck to what he was good at, and he didn't try and kill us with. I don't know. I think Lord of the Rings are ahead of their time. I think Star Wars was ahead of their time. Those are both timeless classics. Yeah, but you can see the seams. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm a hypocrite. Yes, you are, <laughs> fucker. I totally caught you there. It's like you're throwing out Lord of the Rings. Okay, and I'm a hip- Star Wars. I'm a hypocrite. High fantasy and sci-fi, there, homie. Like, I'll admit, I'm a hypocrite. Production is like not to the standards standards of today. And guess what? That's okay. And I'm still not going to see your shitty old horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the new one. Show it to me. Okay, fine. We'll do that. Is there anything you would like to discuss today? So a couple sir? things. Uh, Endgame is breaking records. Is it now number one? It. I'm uh, almost positive know. it is. Uh, we can find out. I, I haven't know checked that Reddit. For a fact that's like they're now at 2.3 billion dollars, which worldwide, is just insane. Which is insane, and it's only being been in theaters for three weeks now. Uh, just under. Let's see. It's insane how like. I've been keeping up with it on Reddit, and Reddit's been doing an incredible job at covering it. They've also been having yeah, really funny like memes. just barely over two weeks. It's been in theaters, and what's it at? And it's at two point three billion dollars worldwide. So it's still in second place, um, potentially, but not for much longer. Definitely not for um, much longer. 
It's gonna so, it's gonna blow past Avatar for sure. Uh, it's number six in all time domestic, um, just below Titanic. Uh, there's no doubt that it's gonna surpass Titanic. Um, being only about two weeks done, doesn't with, it have to surpass Avatar. It already surpassed Titanic. Um, it has. I thought Avatar was number one. Titanic was no, is now number three. All time domestic. Uh, all time domestic. It is not beaten uh, Avatar. Uh, Avatar is at seven hundred sixty million dollars, um, and Star Wars: The Force Awakens is at nine million dollars. So is Reddit's charts just wrong then? Because I swear I've seen a few things that has uh, Avatar as number one, and then uh, uh, well, Endgame right behind it in number two. Well, and uh, yeah, you're looking at the uh, worldwide. That's that's what you're working okay. looking at. So is worldwide still that then, or has worldwide is Avatar is still number one at and, what? At two point seven, and Endgame is Endgame's two point, at two point three. And oh, I got it's gonna blow it's, by. It's it. gonna blow by. Absolutely. Yeah. It will pa- It will pass it next week. Uh, yeah. If it continues on the track that it's going, yeah, no um, doubt. The one the one thing is uh, that. The further it gets away from the release date, the more it drops oh, totally. off. Uh, the, the percentage, the percentage drops, drops quicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have but, no doubt that even if it doesn't happen this next week, that it will yeah, happen. Yep. Because you're right. It's got two. It's two weeks in, just over two weeks in, and it's got another month or two to run. It's got probably two and a half months. Yeah. For sure, because no movie that is doing well goes in for less than three months. Right. Um, but there's other movies. I think the previous Avengers was in there for just under five months. Right. Um, so, and they made a, a shit ton of money. They made so well. much money. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've got almost half a year yeah. of that movie is going to be in uh, in theaters for. And yeah. It's only two weeks in, and it's almost in first place yeah. for, for global. Yeah. Which this is, is insane. This is, this is going to tell a whole lot about how. Hollywood goes forward yeah. with franchises oh, yeah. now, especially if it's a franchise that has multiple like legs and stuff. Right. Um, so like DC, they might be redoing a plan um, now and stuff like that. They've um, been redoing plans for so. Long. But they've 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 dug themselves such a giant hole. I with know this they're DCEU. so fucked. Um, like Shazam and Wonder Woman, like. They're, well, technically Aquaman, but I really didn't like Aquaman. It was fun. I thought a bunch of people liked Aquaman. A lot of people did, but it was it was I think fun. a lot of people like Jason Momoa. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good is. point. That's a great point. Um, at, but like as far as like those three movies, like Aquaman versus uh, Aquaman with Shazam and with Wonder Woman, the tones of those movies are so yeah. far off from yeah. each other. And a big part of that is because uh, DC went the route of like, we want to capture the director's right. vision. Yeah. So the director has free reign over how the film looks and stuff in the end versus somebody that's an executive producer or exec uh, studio exec like Kevin Feige is. Sure. Um, who is actually the one that's in control over the tone. Like, they give the directors room to do what they're good at and but stuff. But they've got a showrunner. But they got a showrunner. They yeah. act it. It's very much like a TV yeah. show. 
Um, and Kevin Feige is like a genius. He's like, a man. He, he yeah. he's got he's got our back. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the only people that I'm like I'm really glad you're in that position. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm just really happy to see someone like that yeah. in the position that he's in, where he seems like a a fan. Yes, you know what I mean. What yes. I get, I get a sense like, and not to draw comparisons, but it's it's so hard not to just because of how big some of these series are get series are getting. But you look at people like Kathleen Kennedy. And you're like, she's pushing movements that need to be pushed. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily in Star Wars, but they need to be addressed somewhere. And it's like she's got a platform for that. But she, I, when I see her in interviews, I just don't get the feeling that she enjoys Star Wars. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Well, and I think that part of it, and I, and I don't mean to sound like a anti-social justice warrior well here's person. the thing all of those people already hate us yeah. so they're not even listening <laughs> yeah <So. laughs> it, it's one of those things where like i think they're they're focusing too much on pushing the agenda at least like that's what i felt like yeah. with watching solo yeah the movie was not about the story it wasn't about no. the characters it was about like what is the message that you want to get across yeah. and like you kept hitting us over the head with it. And I'm fine with you putting a message in your film. Like totally. It's it's actually what you want to do right. as a screenwriter. You have an idea or a view of the world that you want to put out there, so you put that out there. This is how I see the world. Yeah. Or this is how I would like to see the world. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that is totally fine. Just don't make it so on the surface. Right. So I feel like Mar- Marvel with Kevin Feige is he's like encouraging his directors mm-hmm. his, the his directors to you know put in a message but he's got some sort of guidance for them whereas i feel like in star wars they're just being choked yeah where it's like do this yeah do what we say yeah and they're only hiring specific people for the jobs and you know like the russos just kept doing good jobs so yeah. it's like of course we're gonna invite them back to keep doing these things but yeah I, I i just feel like it's hard not to draw that comparison especially when they're both disney um, products now where it's yeah. like you you just can't you can't not compare those two big hitters when you're looking right at them and you can see one doing things so right and do it and see one start to do things so yeah. wrong. And here's the other thing too, like Star Wars ain't a Spike Lee joint. Like it's right. not American history act. Yeah, it's not no. um it's not Malcolm X and stuff yeah. like that. It's Star Wars. Yeah. It's fantasy. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun and like enjoyed by a lot of people and like not be so heavy handed with. I don't want to be preached to at yes. a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I want to shut my brain off and I want to see lightsabers and big explosions. Yeah. I want to see wars in the stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that too much to ask for? Because apparently it is. Yeah. You know? Not so, to say, and again, I, I've loved every single movie that they've pushed out, but I can't look at them as films, these recent ones anymore, yeah. as much as they are like, dare I say, like propaganda posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a poster of, this is what you should be like. Yeah, exactly. Now buy our toys. Buy our toys. Yeah, that's the other thing too, is like, <laughs> try to push this message about quality and then they're like look how cute porgs are exactly (laughs) how about porgs huh maybe give them a chance so yeah it's it's crazy world out there um but glad marvel's doing its thing i'm glad endgame is doing as well as it is um because it's kind of a it's 
it's showing that there's a different way to make films and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I will do sorry, you, you, fin- you finish and what? just do franchises and stuff like that. Cause like as much as played out as superheroes films have gotten and stuff like that, I can't deny the fact that like this movie Endgame has like done something incredible as far as like creativity wise, yeah, uh, pushing things together and stuff like that. And like, having a long, long, long story arc over uh, feature length and be a good story that they did. Right, right. So all the way through. My only thing that I'll say is this, that, uh, and this is a super unpopular opinion, and I'm not going to die on this hill, so mm-hmm. I, th- I want this to be like a closing thought. Um, I sort of wish it was the other way around. I wish Star Wars was in the position that Marvel was in. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know that every Marvel fan just shut this podcast off. <laughs> but, like, for me, I didn't grow up with these films. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I only just got into, yeah. like, six months ago, I started seriously watching uh, the Marvel films. But I've been with Star Wars forever. Yeah. And so to see people, like, just start shitting on Star Wars movies, and then to see the just un unadulted praise uh-huh, uh-huh. that the Marvel films are getting. It's like, why can't it be the other? I'm sure there's some alternate <laughs> parallel universe where yeah, Star yeah, Wars yeah, is yeah. just fucking killing it right now. And I want to be in that universe. Well, maybe they'll explore that in one of the future Marvel movies. Because, you know, now that there's they can no bring Star Wars, there's a multiverse so there could be a multiverse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where, where Star, Star Wars, Wars actually did a good thing. Like, it was actually good. Oh, no. I was just thinking where Star Wars is in a Marvel film. Nah, They nah, could do that. Nah. You'd nah. love it. No, fuck no. No, no. Like, That'd be a terrible crossover. Brie, terrible crossover. Brie Larson and uh, Daisy Ridley going hand-to-hand. Who would win that battle? I'm going to go he, with Brienne because I'm not a fan of... Uh, but she's a Mary Sue. Nothing bad can happen to her. Brienne? No. Oh. Who's Brienne? Brienne of fucking Tarth? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to bring Brienne of fucking Tarth into a battle against Daisy Ridley yeah. and Brie Larson? Oh, I thought you said... Okay, never mind. I thought you said Brienne. Oh. I didn't hear you say Brie. <laughs> First of the, Okay, so let's go back to the other one then. Okay. Sorry. Daisy Ridley versus Brienne. Brienne's getting cut up, dude. She's got a sword. Daisy Ridley's got a lightsaber and the force. Yeah, but it's and Valerian is a Mary Steel. Sue. It's Valerian Steel. It's a bad. I'd love blade. to see Valerian Steel versus a lightsaber. She'd cut that up. Yeah, she'd piece Brienne up. Piece uh, her up. Brie Larson would destroy uh, Ray. You don't think Captain Marvel? Does she have uh, laser beams that come out of her eyes? I don't believe so. I no. thought I saw that in a trailer. Might have been the check. She might have in uh, in in Captain Marvel. She didn't she might do that. Have. I don't remember. She, like, fall asleep during the film? No, I just there was so much spectacle. Like, <laughs> That's That's she usually fair. shot beams out of her her hands. She she shoots beams though. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ray could deflect the beams. But here's the thing: what it's like it's like but, when a, it's like when an unstoppable force can literally punch a hole through a fucking spaceship and go all the way through the other side. I don't That's think Ray, Ray, Ray literally top. can't die though. We, so this is the classic: what happens when an unstoppable force meets an an immovable object? Yeah. What happens when two Mary Sues go head to head? 
Do they just shake hands and say we're both women, so we both won? As soon as they meet up, like it causes like so much uh, explosive force that all that, that all, all men are eradicated. Yeah, all 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 of matter in the universe is just immediately wiped out. Yes, and then it's just women left. Because yeah, sure. the only thing that can overcome the apocalypse is is a woman. Thank you, folks, for listening. This will be our last episode of the show. Am I going to bleep that out? Should I, 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 sen- I, I should I maybe censor some of that? I sure hope they know you're being satirical. I hope people are smart enough to know. Sometimes that. I wish the podcast could see our faces so that they knew that we were like, so that I'm grinning ear to ear the whole time I'm saying the con. Controversial shit I say. When one of us go run for office later on, these are going to be very. These tapes are going to come back up. <laughs> I feel like when I go into work tomorrow, I'm going to be like, sit down, Luke. <laughs> Slide a portfolio across the table. We have some tapes on you. <laughs> you know when you sign that form saying we could listen to you? We've been listening. <laughs> NSA don't got shit on us. On Apple? Are you kidding? No way. No way. What else you got, sir? Uh, so let's see. Uh, uh, I did stand up this week. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge comedy nerd. Um, I love comedy. You could just take co- uh, comedy out of that and just say you're a huge nerd. That is very true. Who uh, knows nothing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Know Nothing Nerd ooh, podcast. Yeah. Hey. Name dropping. That's in right. The middle of in the, middle the show of, the show. of our when own everyone show. knows what it is already. <laughs> That's just what we do. We need um, all the advertising we can get. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, and uh, comedy is one of those things where, like, it's it's one of the hardest types of things to perform. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because uh, a nobody's hum- sense of humor is the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different things that make them laugh. So if you go out on stage and stuff like there's a chance that you're going to bomb. Right. And the other thing that I like about comedy so much is that it's so situational. Yeah. Like, <laughs> turning it back to us, what I just said two minutes ago would not fly almost anywhere else. Right, right. Outside of the room where just the two of us are sitting uh-huh. and we know each other's humor level. Yes. Where it's like, I take jokes like that to a public setting and things immediately get very risky. There's going to be a bit of tension yeah. in there. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's it's this skill that I've never understood. Yep. I'm so much better at getting like one person to laugh than I am to get a group of people yeah, to laugh. Because yeah. I can I can usually feel out one person. But there's comedians out there that are unapologetically offensive. Bill Burr. Bill Burr is one of them. Uh, Jimmy Carr is another one. Great British comedian. Yeah. Joe Rogan does the same thing. Joey Diaz, Infamous, like yeah. they'll bring up these controversial subjects, and some of them it's it's uh, it makes it very tenuous and stuff like that, especially when it's dealing with like equality or social justice issues. And here, here's the thing: like I I love I like offensive comedy. I do offensive too. comedy that is at its core funny, offensive. Yeah, uh, not like. Making fun of situation that people usually wouldn't make fun of, yeah. is, I think, is a really funny thing to do. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about like offensive as being like telling a dick joke about coming all over your aunt's face and stuff like that, you or know? just like Game of Thrones style, like <laughs> making fun of it, like just being grotesquely offensive, or uh, being grotesquely offensive, or just being like rude. 
Yeah. There is a there is a line. There is. And that that's sort of like a what you stated earlier like everyone's got their own moral boundaries. Mm-hmm. For me it like crosses the line when you just start being mean. Yeah. I think there's always a point where like your intentions immediately can be misconstrued. Yeah. And there're just certain things that you shouldn't broach with other people. Uh where, where things just become too personal. In a world of comedy I'm a little you're hesitant towards I'm that. Hesitant you think towards that because I don't think there should be anything that's off off limit. There's like comedy. there's that thing where it's like it's either all okay or none of it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of. I get that. But and it's I, like, I it's, think that's a little it depends on it de- I guess it depends on the situation and stuff like that. Because if you're, for example, there's comedians that make fun of uh, groups that they aren't involved in and stuff like that. Um, Some of, sometimes it's like comedians that are doing it out of sense of irony or doing it out of sense of satire and stuff like that. But like one of the things is that like if somebody has an encounter, a legitimately funny encounter in front of, uh, that involves somebody that's of a different culture, different race, different class and stuff like that. And they tell that joke, you know, there are certain people that would find it offensive. Yeah. And sometimes it's the people that get offensive are not of the same culture <laughs> of the person that is quote unquote being the target of that offense. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's important also when dealing with comedy is to be like, I don't know, you hate this can bring it back big time. Okay. Game of Thrones. <clears throat> yeah. You know, we're not supposed to talk about it on our Thursday episodes yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. We talk about it on Monday, but I'm going to talk about it. Every time an episode airs, mm-hmm. there is a huge amount, especially in season eight, there is a massive amount of people ready to f- tear it apart. Yeah. And it's like, at what point does that become too much to the point where it's affecting the art that Game of Thrones is? Because yeah. it is art. Whether you agree with that or not, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a type of art. It's film. Yes. Um, I think the same can be said with comedy, where it's like if you're taking things too personal, at what point do you stop being an appreciation appreciator of yeah. humor? You yes. know what I mean? It's like how far are you willing to go for mm-hmm. that? And it's like if you go to a comedy club and you leave offended, whose fault yeah. is that? Yeah. I think there's like a lot of great there, lines. That is there, so true. You know? That is so true. And and the other the other part of it is too is that like the the point I was getting at onto is the fact of people being offended on behalf of somebody that doesn't need you to be offended for them. Right. And it happens all the time. Like uh, uh, there was a comedian that was telling jokes. God, I wish I could remember which comedian it was. Um, but he was telling a joke that involved disabled people and stuff mm. like that. And there's people that are would get super offended by that joke because they think they're making fun of people with disabilities. And it's like, no, the comedian's not making fun of people with disabilities. He's making fun of that person. Right. Yeah. For doing He's something fun of a funny person. that yeah. did something dumb. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that it involves their disability. It just dude in a wheelchair or fell out of his wheelchair. And maybe it, maybe it's the same it, thing as somebody falling out of a truck and they have, Two perfectly good legs. Even I think it's still important though that it can be about that disability or about that race or about that gender or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And to still like, I don't know. I feel like we're getting into an area where I don't have much experience in, but I so I have like super blurry opinions about it. Uh huh. Where it's like I think there is a line. I just don't know where it is. Yeah. Because like, you can. I don't know. I I. I 
This I, I need more time to think this about is a this tricky topic. Subject, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it you totally keep is, you, you totally keep is. carrying this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll just no. Say, I think we got into the end of this. Yeah, part, that's fair. So. But uh, so yeah, I did comedy. Uh, I've done a couple of stand-up open mics, quote unquote, but they weren't conducive to comedy. This was my first time really actually doing, doing one, comedy um, yeah. at an actual like comedy room. Well, I shouldn't say comedy room. It was at a distillery. It's called Rising Sun Distillery here in Denver. Yeah, um, I really wish I had gone, but yeah. I did see it. Yeah. Um. um and what, uh, like, what you just talk about the experience just the ex- openly? So the experience was nerve wracking. Yeah. So. And I was talking to you about this last night. Like, I've done public speaking quite a bit um, in my lifetime, Um, usually in front of smaller rooms. I did, and not to toot my own horn, but like I did a public speaking uh, events in front of roughly a thousand people. Yeah. That was Um, right at the start of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, But. Every time I've done those things, I get the same anxiety, the nervousness and stuff like that. And I had the same feeling last night, even though I was in a room where like comedians can come up and fuck up and it's fine. And it's totally fine. Yeah. uh, The room is safe, quote unquote, for that. Like that's what open mics are. They're meant for people that are wanting to tell jokes to get up there and fuck up and just get used. Stretch the muscles a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Doing the reps and stuff like that. So I was super nervous going in and uh, it was a different room because like I could tell that there was people that had been doing that for a while there at the distillery. Um, Then there's also people that I could tell that were actually actively trying to be professional comedians. Yeah. Um, And a couple of guys that were in there that I could tell that had been doing comedy for a while just because of the way that they did their jokes, um, the way that they, their timing and everything and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to see that side of it, but it was a mixed room as far as like the laughs, like where the laughs came and stuff. Um, for me, it was a little weird because when I did my set, uh, what I had worked out, I landed a few of the beats of the jokes that I knew would land. I knew for sure because I had tested them out a few times. Um, and then, uh, the other, the other points where I thought I would have some, at least some light chuckles didn't get squat. Right. And I don't know if that's because of the material, because of my delivery, or if it's because this group did not find that funny and it's not funny for this group. You almost wish like, and I I don't know if you take it that, I don't know if you should take comedy that seriously, but you almost wish that when you were done, you could get like feedback. Yeah, no. And what I want to do is continue to do this because I do, it's kind of always been back of my mind dream, I guess you could say goal to do an actual like stand up set. Yeah. Um, where it's actually in front of a group of people, not just open mic. Like, although initially I was just like, I just want to do an open mic once just to see what it's like, but I actually more Who sense. want to see like see comedy. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. see that people that pay to go see comedy, but yeah. on top of that, just write out like a 10, 15 minute set. Right. Yeah. that I've written that I've actually put together and actually got finessed into a true comedy set and just see how that responds in front of an totally. actual comedy crowd. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we'll see if that happens. Um, and have you ever had going. like, have you ever had a time where you've gone up and just totally failed? Well, there's a difference. I, and I haven't talked to enough comedians about, 
their thoughts on bombing because they're I, the way that I've experienced it so far. Um, I the first few times that I've done it, technically I didn't bomb. Um, I kind of blacked out, I guess you yeah. could say. Tunnel vision and just had my material, and I apparently just went from A to B to C all the way through, and I got a lot of laughs, but I couldn't tell you what jokes got sure, laughs, sure. what jokes didn't. Um, but then the last two times that I've done stand up, um, the last time I was in Dallas uh, for a conference, and there was a stand up portion, but the audience wasn't really there to right. see stand up. Um, that time I was more in the actual moment and could focus on what was actually going on and it felt like a lot of jokes were not hitting sure and i definitely misstepped sure um and didn't finish out some uh some of the things that i was setting up to do um so in that idea that i did bomb and plus i didn't do it deliver it the way that i wanted it to and i felt like i bombed that way but everybody was like that was super funny i really like the jokes that you had there yeah yeah. Um, but then last night, it was a mixed feeling. It was like I really got some really loud jo- loud laughs at some of the uh, punches uh, that I really wanted to hit. But by like a few. But there, but it was only a few and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, but then there was other times where the, I thought the joke would land and it and it and didn't, didn't. And I don't know what. So the then what? Why. Like I I wanted to share a story of an open mic that I had that I just totally failed. Um, but before I do that, what was how did the rest of the crowd respond to other comedians? Was it like a full room laugh sometimes? Sometimes or? it was a full room laugh. Most of the time it was light chuckles um, or absolutely just dead silent. Oh, God. There's um, nothing worse than that. It's, it's painful. It's painful for me because I'm a super empathetic person. Yeah. So when I'm like standing, sitting there watching some guy or gal that was there they're going through and delivering and like they do a joke and it's just like some of the people they kind of like they're they're professionals or, or yeah. pseudo professionals yeah. so like yep that joke didn't land moving on this sure. is what i'm going through and the room was very much of like everybody knew accepting of that yeah accepting yeah. of it so it's it's one of those things where it's hard to tell whether it's like the comedians are actually responding to the jokes or being like they're more breaking down what the yeah. people are saying yeah. and being like I see what you I did there. Sure. I know what you're going for. Maybe if you tweak it this right. way. So I don't know. And I'm I'm gonna when I go back, I'm gonna um, sit down and hopefully talk with a few people. I the think one thing that I gotta do is I gotta get out of my fucking shell because I'm such an introvert in those situations. Like, yeah. I was glad there was that I had friends there that were yeah. with me last yeah. night. Unfortunately, one of them wasn't there. Who's that? I, I, know, know. I know. I know. I know all the I people who should have been there. Where I was there. <laughs> I know you I wasn't liar. there. God damn it! I'm sorry. Something that we're learning at work right now. My uh, my core team is. Uh, did I mention I work at Apple? Because if I hadn't mentioned that before, I, I now work at the most so prestigious have, company in the world. If you have issues with your Apple products uh please email please don't us don't fucking talk to me about it i don't want to hear here's it. luke's number i don't want to hear it i'm not that kind of apple employee five three five it's not even close well the seven two zero is pretty close i will admit i started getting worried i was like god damn it you're really gonna make me edit right now aren't you something that we're learning is like how okay it is to fail yeah and like how open that company in general is to failure mm. and it's like um, I've heard it tossed around a few times even before I got the job. 
uh, not specifically with Apple, but just out in the world in general, how important it is to keep a failure resume. Yeah. And that's something that I've started to do before because I don't get out very much, but there's a lot of like writing that I've submitted that has been um, that has been de- declined, mm-hmm. that hasn't gone through. It's been sent back, hasn't been opened. Yeah. Uh, there's a few open mics that I've done. Uh, a lot of them have gone really well. A lot, of, uh, some of them have not. I'm very fortunate to have had more go well than have gone wrong. Yeah. And the same thing with me for public speaking. I, I've done a, a fair amount for someone my age, I think, and for someone as introverted as I am. I think I've done a fair amount of public speaking in my life, and I've only had one of those go wrong. And it mm. wasn't even, it wasn't even like bad. And I don't, I think if I brought it up with like the 20 people who were there, they wouldn't even remember. Yeah. Um. But it was just, it was just one of those things where like everything that I was saying wasn't going well. Uh-huh. And it's like, I have to get the fuck off the stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like rush through whatever you got to do and then, and then hightail it off. Yeah. But I had an open mic a year ago. It was probably one of the bigger open mics that I've been to as far as attendance is concerned. It was like me and about 15 other people. And I had written an original piece that I had performed for like 20 or 25 people before Uh that was just like, this is astounding. This is like, as far as I was concerned, my magnum opus for writing Ah. as far as what I would put into public. Most of my writing, I just keep to myself. Um, But as far as like putting a piece that I've worked on and cultivated throughout a certain amount of months that I put out, like I just got such an overwhelmingly positive response from it. And then eventually someone that I really respect was like, hey, you should go to this open mic. I'll be there doing something. You should do something too. It's like, sweet. So I made it a goal of mine to um, to recite the piece from memory. It was about two pages long. Yeah. Really, really manageable to recite it. And uh, I like just crushed it, uh, re- re- uh, rehearsing it. Uh, did it into the mirror like a hundred times. Did it into the phone a hundred times. Everything. Yeah. Got to a point where I didn't even need to look at it. I could pick it up halfway through. I could pick it up a quarter of the way through. Did all the things that you're yeah. supposed to do. Get up on stage. Forget the whole thing. But here is where it gets shitty. I was so overconfident that I didn't bring a copy with ah, me. Ah. So I'm yeah. just sitting on stage. Completely forgot my whole piece. Yeah, that's pretty rough. It's pretty and rough. I forgot about it. And around halfway through, I like called it, called it out. I was like, "Listen, guys, I totally forgot my piece. Um, do you guys want to hear the Jabberwock?" And so then I did the jab, and it wound up like people were like laughing along and yeah, yeah, got an yeah, applause. Yeah, it's just one of the weird poems that I've mem- committed to memory. Yeah, uh, but like it wound up kind of turning around. But it was like I just can't even describe to you the feeling of forgetting something on stage like uh-huh. that. Where it's like there are so many people in the crowd that I know. Yeah. And so many people that are like, dude, that, that work was so good. I can't wait to hear it tonight. And then be like, fuck me <laughs> so hard. Why didn't I bring a copy? Why didn't I bring a copy? Ah, uh, you just always bring an echo spare with you. Oh, you just always do. Because it's almost yeah. even more impressive to have a copy and not look at it. Yeah. But anyway, bring a copy. That's the moral of the story. Yes, bring a copy. Bring a copy. So anything on your uh, topic list? I want to talk about it. Um, we talked. I think we covered the bases. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I've. I've been reading a fair bit less. I'm only reading one book right now, which uh-huh. is kind of surprising. But I just finished Mindhunter, and I also finished. And I gotta Google the name of it. 
because I don't remember the complete name. So give me just a second. But Mindhunter was mind-blowing. Yes. It was so darn good. I really liked it. Um, how long ago did you watch that series? Uh, when it first came out on Netflix. Have you watched it since? No, I have not. I so you've only was, seen it the one time. Yeah, I've only seen it the one time. I kind of want to go back and watch it again. Uh, I could see that being a one-time view. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's not enough to sustain watching 10 whole episodes again. Yeah, but I, I like could see the, watching a I few like, specific episodes again. Yeah. For sure, but sorry, what? But what I like the actors. The actors in there are really good. Yeah, I don't even know any of them, yeah. but I love them all. Um, extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Oh, yes, the Zac Efron. The Zac Efron as Ted Bundy was so good. Yeah. So good, you need to see that movie. Because I was going to ask you about it. Me and Nick, uh, our, our other roommate, uh, we were talking about it when he turned on Netflix to watch it. That came up, and he's like, doesn't he look so much like Ted Bundy? And I'm like, yeah, when I first saw it, I thought it was a documentary yeah. that they have on Netflix. Yeah. And then I saw it going, and I was like, wait, that's Zac Efron. What so the hell? They do some stuff. I have I have yet to see uh, the Ted Bundy tapes, and I do yeah. want to see that. But uh, at the end of the film, they do little uh, scenes that were filmed during the actual trial. Yes, yeah. And it's like, it's... It's spooky. It's spooky it's how well, like spooky. how much they look alike, and it's how spooky. like they definitely captured the Ted essence Bundy. and yeah. like the, and just conversations that he had with other people is yeah. crazy. There was also a few times I didn't follow. Like I wasn't a, a lot. When did that happen? Uh, seventies. Okay, yeah, I was not alive yeah. when that was going on, so like I didn't follow it. Mm-hmm. And then you know it was old news by the time I was growing up. So yeah. Um, there were a few times where I paused the movie and had to Google it. Be like, did that actually fucking happen? And turns out, like, almost everything I Googled was like they had recordings of it yeah. actually happening. And it's like, how the hell did that get to happen? And then, and then after all of it, after all his charm, after mm-hmm. taking over his own court case, after yeah. proposing in court... They uh, they they sentenced they sentenced him guilty. Yeah, and then he dies. I cried in the yeah. movie. I cried right at the end because he was getting the death penalty. No, not because Ted Bundy got the death penalty. <laughs> You're like, no, no, I thought he was gonna get off. I thought he was gonna get off. <laughs> There's no supporting evidence. No, at the end, I hate to like turn this around right now and make it like super serious, but at the end they like uh, black screen. They put up all the names of the known victims. Ah, yeah. It, like I don't like after just sitting with him for an hour and forty five minutes. Like it just rocked my world. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Holy shit! And that like the, I think what really made it heavy was when it said these are his known victims. Yeah, it was like oh god, and there's so many names. Yeah, there's a lot that pop up. Yep, and you know they they do it like kind of one by one. So it's like okay, you know, four, five, ten, twenty, thirty people. Mm-hmm. That I was like, how I couldn't even conceive that. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, on that happy note. <laughs> on that happy note, uh, ready to get out of here? I think so. So uh, uh, if you didn't notice, uh, we're very heavy on cereal uh, doing stuff, uh, whether it be burping, murdering, or uh, humping. Humping. Uh, yeah. So uh, do something that is a continuous and ongoing thing. I guess that's what we're. Yes, get at but maybe episode. not murder. Maybe not murder. The burping, I'm okay with, but apparently Luke's not. I'm not, so. or dry humping. Find, do like something good 
working out. Be a serial yeah. exerciser. Be a serial exerciser. I, can we put that on a shirt? When we get our clothing line, <laughs> like serial podcaster, Did serial we, nerd. Uh, it sounds like we're just ripping off the show serial. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you on Monday with the big battle Game of Thrones. Yes. The uh, final war, the final battle. The final like battle, something like that. Um, so follow us on uh, Twitter at KNNerds. Uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash know nothing nerds or just search know nothing nerds in the search box. And then also search uh, box, the search box, the Facebook search box. Is that what it's called? That's what I've always called it. The search box or search bar. I'd say bar search bar box. Well, it's, we're getting so far off topic again. <laughs> God bless America. We have like a whole 20 oh, minute tangent now. About just whether about or not where, it's a where it's a box or a, or a square or yeah, a bar. We could save the time yes. for doing that. Uh, then you could also email us at knownothingnerds at gmail.com. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Uh, pitch us to your uh, friends, uh, your people with deep pockets um, so that we can get uh, super famous. Um, yeah, the deep pockets take over the definitely world. Hold on to that. Yeah, you know I'm making a lot of money right now, but it would be awesome if you would give us even more money. Yes, think more about money that. so that we could go global. Think about a world where you just gave us money. Yeah, how cool would that be? It'd be such a cool world. Make it happen. Make it rain, baby. Make it rain. And with that, we'll see you next time. See you Bye. Bye.